You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM with me, Ruth O'Reilly. We're nearly up to the second hour, as I mentioned before. In hour two, I've got not one but two guests. Well, it's a bit complicated. It's a bit different, really. We are going to be chatting to the fabulous, fringe-tastic Philip Carter. He's actually here right now. Hello, Phil. Hello, I'm looming. I've not got the chair yet. <laughs> oh, poor wet with rain version of Phil. At least you, you've got into the studio. But yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you're, you're really kind of helping me out in a sense today because I have just been full of this terrible lurgy all week. So what we're going to do is we're going to give the listeners um, a bit of a, a, a flavour of your podcast, which was something that I, I used to do for guests during lockdown where I've kind of like sampled one of their podcasts. I've not done it with, with yours, but we're actually going to do it live in the studio by you interviewing a guest that you found on your travels. Is that right? Yeah, this is going to be a notoriously well-behaved episode. Um we're in the daytime today, so uh, yeah, we're going to be talking to Izzy Sutcliffe later about her music, mm-hmm. how and I've she already makes music, yeah, what music is, where music comes from, and all the, all the basics. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I played her, her track. I kind of um, murdered the intro by calling it "Bye Bye Baby," which it's got nothing. It's nothing like um, what was that band called, Bay City <laughs> Rollers. But then I got it right, which it's it's "Baby Bye." It's amazing. It's it's indie punk rock. It really fits in with the theme of of Lev um, Punk Weekender as well. So so you did well, Phil. I think you kind of preempted the fact that I wouldn't be feeling well today, and just that it was the Punk Weekender. You you got it right on point. Yeah, like um, I met Izzy at uh, somebody's Manchester Fringe gig. So she was like sat in the audience at a comedy show, and you know what I'm like. I mm-hmm. I, I just you're thought, a mingler. I thought. I have a feeling this this person's going to be cool. Mm. <laughs> so I talked to her. Yeah, I was right. So yeah. Um, when when I uh, really researched good, her, it? when I heard the track and when I researched her, yeah, I thought yeah, right on the money. I saw in one of her interviews that she's actually a big Bowie fan. Did you know this? I did know this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I was that's, like, I think that's that's why I like, that was a done deal, wasn't it? Because whenever I've like talked to a random stranger, they happen to be a Bowie fan. Mm. So I must be like a very specific kind of psychic <laughs> it's that and being able to tell where Tweed is in a shopping centre <laughs> oh okay two talents I have it always happens with me as well it's like every guest that I really got on with including you was a Bowie fan when I was in college one of my best mates was was a girl that liked to dress up like like Bowie this Bowie thing just seems to follow around it's like as if Bowie says to me you will listen to me you will Mm. know me (laughs) yeah I mean like and I wound up using some of the same tactics to like advertise my books and comedy in the beginning and then Mm. later watched David Bowie interviews and thought Oh, he's done all of that before. Mm. So I, I think it's like, he, he's one of those musicians that was such a personality that he attracts a certain kind of person to his music. And because there's such a body of music, you can get people that like all kinds of stuff. Like Izzy's more into the punk side. Yeah. As was David Bowie in like late 80s, early 90s. Mm. Yeah. And then if you're more prog rock, it's like, oh, just go back to the 70s. If you like more quirky stuff, 60s. 
Well, I think it's 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 something that I would describe as spiritual DNA. It's just like as if it, you know we we are gravitating. I played a, a poem earlier by Lal Perkin. He's going to be performing at the the Lev Punk Weekender, and it was called Atom. And that poem, it was so scientific, it could be right up your street, really, Phil. Mm. It was talking about the fact that you know we can c- contain DNA from Shakespeare, and I think that somewhere along the line, you, dear Phil, probably contain some DNA from Bowie yeah I should hope so mm. hope so I've, I've been in the same room as a lot of his outfits that would so, count that would, yeah, be enough yeah. to get, that would be enough to get some dust I and reckon you, you know the swagger stick that he had in Labyrinth you know he's what oh, yeah. he had like a stick a yeah. lot of the time it was officially called the swagger stick in the script um I knew somebody that had that in her bedroom for a few months when I was at uni. No way. Now, I, d- I don't know why it was there, but I'm not one to ask questions. I, it, I it was there the, because the you were her friend. Just, yeah, that's just, why it was there. You just kind of like, I don't know, you man- you manifested it. You transported it from, from wherever. Well, you're not able to see this, but this is such a sign. Dear Phil, fantastic Phil, is actually kneeling on the ground because we've not got those chairs <laughs> sorted out. He needs to get dried off, so I'm going to yeah. play another track, and then we will <laughs> We will chat more about what it was like for him to perform at the Manchester Fringe. Let's have a bit of hosier with someone new, because we're getting someone new in the studio in a bit. Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online. Joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly, delighted to be keeping you company. And back by um, popular demand is the fantastic, fringe-tastic Philip Carter. <laughs> um, and we're just going to have a little bit of a chat while we're waiting for, for his guest to arrive. Because what we're doing is we're going to like give you a bit of an insight into what Philip's podcast is like. It's on YouTube. He interviews some fantastic people, but I just thought I'd give him an opportunity to um, broadcast it live in in the radio studio. So that's what we're doing, and I'll let you into a secret. really helps me while my throat's not the best. But how are you doing, (laughs) Phil? It's okay, yeah. I've kind of, like, done a bit of an artist... Not a U-turn, but I've gone off on a tangent, you know. I kind of have, like, a theme for a few months. Mm. So I spoke to a lot of science fiction authors Mm. by proxy of being one myself. Just so happens that I know a few. Um, And then as I went out and did more fringe stuff, I've, you know, we did that review of Kit Kat, the play. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm going to class as an unofficial podcast episode for me, even though it's Uh, not on my podcast. Well, yeah, you could put it on your podcast now, in fact. And it's one of the podcasts that did um, really well. That was our first time to to review something. We'd tried it before, but with that spaceship one, I thought, oh, that'll be perfect Mm. for you. But then it it was hard to kind of like dissect it. I think we did a good job. I know they were happy with us at Switch with with their uh, our review. So, yeah, well, yeah. well, I managed to bump into Bronte again at my sister's graduation. Congratulations again for graduating, Kath. Congratulations, Kath. I personally didn't think you'd manage it. Oh, because you're, you're small and annoying, but you did. So well done. <laughs> Um, and she really helped you out at your show as well. It was lovely to meet yeah, you as well, great, Kath. Yeah. 
yeah. always hear good things about you. <laughs> he, may, he may like he saves the rubbish for the radio, but I do hear good things about yeah, you. So um, congratulations, Kath. What, what has she graduated? Is it zoology? Environmental science. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've got a cousin that um, does that. Two cousins, in fact, and it's one of the most amazing topics. Yeah, I really know. worthwhile. I was having a bit of banter with her the other day. I don't know if she'll be listening on the radio now. I doubt it. I was having a bit of banter with her. One of her selves <laughs> is. She, she's going to get like an itch at the back of her head or something. Oh, yeah. Someone's talking about me. I was having, I was like having a bit of banter with her the other day, and she said to me, "At least my degree was real." And oh, I, I was like, "What? My ouch. poems are real?" And she went, "No, they're not. You make them all up." Ouch. And I was like, "Animals are made up," and she went, "They're not made up." And then I tried to make the point that animals are made up because of evolution. Well, and at some point they weren't there, but now they are, so they're made up as well. At and the it got fringe, really meta. <laughs> it got really uh, complicated. But at the fringe, <laughs> you did make a big issue, a big a topic of the facts that dogs weren't real, and you'd said this to me before, <laughs> and I was, I didn't really get it, but I. I get it now, Phil. Yeah. I, I get it, and I believe you. Dogs are not real in your world. In anyway. my world, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that one's not daytime radio friendly. No. The explanation as to how dogs aren't real, but it's very funny. Um, yeah, that was one of my favourite bits of your your show, especially the dog toys. Let's go no further. Yeah. How was the fringe? You did two days. You did you did a Friday at the Fitzgeralds. You did the Saturday, which, which I. Um, I went to what was it like to be able to say that you got a fringe show together you did it in, in epic time from the time that I said to you why don't you do a fringe show before you go to Edinburgh and I know that more important things have even happened for you since then so you're probably not doing Edinburgh I now I cancelled Edinburgh last night <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, <clears throat> so weird to cancel Edinburgh because I'm doing something else that at, the, at present feels a lot more important mm. but yeah I'm doing Carry On Charlton doing a bit of comedy acting in Charlton in the middle of August. Mm. But um, The Fringe is really interesting because I thought when I was booking it, I was thinking, am I nervous? And then when it came to the day, I thought, I feel nervous. And it's not very often that I feel nervous about stuff. As soon as I was on the train, I was fine. Mm. And I realised that it's not stage fright. It's I don't want to turn up late and look unprofessional. Yeah. So if I'm there and the stage is there and I know how to get to the stage, I can see the stage, I know what time I need to be on it, I'm fine. Sure. But like up until the point where I'm in the venue, I'm like pretty terrified. But that's I would like to blame the uh, the rail system in the UK for that mm. psychological problem I've, I'm now suffering from. It's like half the time I try to get to something with you to like watch a play or review something, I turn. And then you just get drenched. <laughs> yeah, it gets just so, gets drenched. I mean, that's what's happened to Izzy today. She's just messaged me saying she's now in a canoe on the way here. Okay. Why, why, don't, why don't you send one of those spaceships, like the spaceship taxi that you sent for for, for someone for, for for your gig? I think you need to send the spaceship out oh, on yeah. the Starship. That was awkward for them. There's this really nice couple that, you know, bought the ticket, turned up to the gig, but they turned up to the gig right at the end of the gig, mm. and apparently their taxi was three hours late. Mm. And I thought, where have they come from? I think, I don't remember exactly because there was a lot of talking, but I think they might have come, like, from Sheffield. It should wow. not take that long to get there from Sheffield. But I really appreciate them coming. And if they're out there and they've listened to this, uh, they get a free ticket to the online show. But to be fair, everybody that came to the in-person one does. Because um, I am you know, want to keep improving it and working on it. So I'm going to do like a Zoom or a Discord show 
at some point. It'll be a bit longer, uh, probably a bit fruitier as well. All right. So, so, so you're going to do like a Manchester Fringe, like like the the or it was awkward re-entry show, but online instead. Yeah, because okay. I mean, nice. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because it's sci-fi comedy. It just so happens that a lot of my readers that have read my science fiction comedy books have gone, oh, you do stand up as well. We want to check it out. Ninety-two percent of them live in California. Yeah, I was going to say it's very difficult to get into Manchester. Good for the American fan base, (laughs) actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see how that would work. You say 92%, it sounds like you've got thousands and thousands of followers. There's a few hundred, but it's very interesting that they're all in California because I know why. It's my mate Zach because he bought about 20 copies of my book in the beginning and he started handing them out to like celebrities in California. Wow. (laughs) So he's been going around like... You need to get some of the pictures with the celebs. I mean, that's all you need. I mean, oh... I would love to see. Well, well, in fact, you know, I, I would. My, my dream right now is kind of like go, go to Wrexham and bump into Ryan Reynolds. And if I've got mm. my, a copy of your book on me, I just like to say, can, can you just hold this? Yeah. That that would be instant. <laughs> that would be an instant something. Oh, he's cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know he lived in Wrexham. He doesn't live in Wrexham, but he's got Wrexham yeah. FC, so he's going to like be uh, in Wrexham a lot. So I'm been, like, he's been kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that's my plan. Take some of your dog toys and get out <laughs> Anybody but that's anyway. been to the Fringe show will understand that. Anybody mm. else, you can live without. <laughs> Anyone else, that is actually a little preview to entice you into buying some tickets for the online show. When is it happening, Phil? Um, it's going to be happening in a few weeks. It'll be after my birthday and most likely after Carry On Charlton because I want to okay. you know, get my rehearsals done. Mm. I'm kind of hyper-focusing on being the best. Um, my character is an arrogant microbrewing enthusiast, so I'm working on being the best arrogant microbrewing enthusiast there is. Oh, um, he's talking about thought, the carry-on. I thought yeah. you were just telling us about your personality. You're, you're talking about the carry-on, aren't you? Yeah, I don't do <laughs> microbrewing. <laughs> I have cider, Mm. I don't actually drink beer so I I am actually having to really properly act Mm. Um, I don't drink ale either so uh, yeah, I'll be doing the fringe online thing probably like, I'm thinking September is a good time Um, yeah when things cool down. When things cool down, because I've not got much else planned in September apart from, like, obviously I'm sending a novel to somewhere, but that's, in my head, that's not a big thing because I'm doing that privately. So it's not like I'm showing, pe- like, the public. Right, okay. Um, I'm just sending it to, like, one editor and then hoping for the best. But first things first, um, our lovely friends Andy, Amanda and Steve will be taking a break from oh, the yeah. fantastic <laughs> open mic event Speakeasy. And so for one a month only, you are transforming um, uh, that night into something different. So it's still going to be the first Thursday in August, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be on the same slot. Yeah. And the idea behind that is, whilst I could have my own thing at Dulcimer's, it's not fully cooled down and formed yet. So I thought I'll try it out on a slot when I know people are going to walk in by accident. Right, OK. There's going to be some poets that are going to come in and they're going to think Andy and Amanda are there and they're going to see me and go, oh, he's hosted before, I recognise him, maybe I'll stay for a bit. And they're going to say, Andy looks different. (laughs) What did Phil put in his drink? Yeah, what's what's happened to Amanda? (laughs) (laughs) She's had a rough week. Has has Andy eaten Steve? This, these are the yeah. these are the questions that will be asked. Um, so so yeah. Um, do you want to tell us about the differences that will will be in it? Because um, 
in terms of how long you will but people do not have to they currently have to email Andy to, to get on the guest list but that won't be happening with you will it or do you need people to I email think, you I, I'm thinking about it but at the same time I think I kind of I, I like the idea of people just turning up and suggesting ideas to me right okay because then that's that's a bit more intimidating for me and there's more room for improv yeah I was going to say um, king of the improv as you are I'm going to like make it first come first serve on the night because I know from like when Andy's run it about 50 to 60% of people that book it then cancel on the night so I just think what's the point yeah, what is the yeah. point like, I can't I, you know why stress out with that yeah I'm just so. going to like book in whoever turns up on the night um, but there is going to be one major difference okay um, the that's s- the time the slots aren't going to be 4 minutes they're going to be 10 minutes 10 minutes because uh, Gordon Zola who um, you may have had on the radio here before we keep trying to organise it but you know he, he wants to come in with his partner and she lives a bit further yeah, away further so further afield in Morecambe isn't it yeah so, so we've not really um, but they do a fantastic show together I've seen them when he used to do his cuckoo calling night and it will happen um, I absolutely love in fact I only recently found out that his name's like Alan or something I literally thought his name yeah. was Gordon and then he called himself after the cheese because of that but yeah. I was wrong no that was he brought that up at the last speakeasy as well and everybody was shocked and I just thought I knew well it. I, I understand like pen names like kind of my thing so hmm. I just I knew that he, what, his name wasn't Gordon as soon as I met him he didn't look like a Gordon <laughs> I, I thought he was, like, was Gordon but obviously oddly, not Zola oddly enough I actually thought you know Zola that does sound like a like, you know maybe that's I was the opposite way around to you I thought okay. maybe his name was Alan Zola and he changed his oh, first right. name okay. to Gordon but yeah anyway he came up to me at, when I announced it at the last speakeasy and he said are the slot, what are the slots going to be like and I said don't worry they're going to be longer because I know Definitely, mm. I struggle and he struggles to fit our material in a four minute slot because yeah. he does comedy stuff which is really lyrical mm. and benefits from being read properly and not rushed. Um, and my one of my shortest comedy poems in Who Built the Humans takes 12 minutes to read. So, mm. like, I realized a lot of people probably they're looking for that longer time slot. It's good that Speakeasy has a four minute slot because it does mean. Uh, I might sound a bit grumpy now. It does mean that the poets don't take the audience hostage, which can happen at other open mics. Oh, yeah. Where they go, hey, yeah, I'm going to read a poem about daffodils, but first I'd like to tell you about where I grew up and how many bricks there was in my house. <laughs> and what, what angle door the bricks was placed in. And, like, my, my dad used to... He carried the bricks, and his name was Dave. And I don't know why they named him Dave. And then, like, five years pass, a few people in the audience die of old age, and then the poet finally gets round to mm. it, and their time slot's over. <laughs> Was the brilliant thing about speakeasy is it's just like unrelenting. It's like you don't get time for that preamble. Just read the damn poem, see if it's any good. And this. people read it and it's it yeah. usually is good. It's usually better without the preamble. I mean, I had this kind of chat with um, Jack Corner la- last week who oh, yeah. is also performing at, at um, the Levy Punk Weekender at 5.30, guys. Do get along to the Klondike. And he, he was saying that, you know, one of the reasons he, he's... It always like kind of like has to decide which open mics he's he's going to is he does like them to be a bit longer because his performances are longer but he was saying that it was invaluable as starting off because he first started um his poetic performance career at, at speakeasy and it was invaluable at that time to just have like the, the smaller amount of time because i think you know it's kind of like easing yourself in if when you're first going through the stage nerves and then as you evolve as an artist you need longer don't you yeah definitely 
I mean, I mean, you know, my thing at speakeasy is I actually tend to write my poem before I go on stage. Yeah. And not <laughs> hours or days before, like normal people, but like within the last five minutes. Yeah, I was like so impressed with that <laughs> with that talent from the first time that I took you to Dulcimer. Um, that was what you did. You just kind of like made some notes on what people... But that made it very relevant as well. It's like when you've got these... I don't know, satire comics that they make jokes from the news and stuff like that, but you're just, like, doing it on the spot even faster than that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really interesting thing because, like, you you do see, like, a lot of satire, like, poetry and stuff, but after about six months, Hmm. whatever politician they've rhymed with other stuff in the poem, (laughs) nobody remembers their names. So it's like True. it just it fades away. Whereas I tried to go. I mean, in my writing, I tried to go for like the more, uh, like not not sweeping, but the more universal themes. Hmm. So it's like there's a joke in Who Built the Humans where I say um, there's like a an alien that lands on Earth and it's so ugly nobody wants to look at it. Um, kind of like that politician you hate. <laughs> I don't. And then it says in the book in brackets, I'm not going to name them. There's one in each era, and also this joke won't last long if I do. Yeah, so it's like you it know, because at the book, time, yeah, yeah, at the time, it could have been Boris Johnson, and now it can be whoever else is in charge. I don't know. I don't keep up to date because I don't really see the point. Very They're clever, all kind yeah. of interchangeable in a way, and that's another like meta commentary I wanted to make is that yes, we do have these political figures that we dislike and we're very angry, and then everybody has a like a street party wants to get fired for doing some horrendous thing mm. but then next week the government's like there's another one here's another one we found was, in a cave because it was all distraction <laughs> tactics yeah. Yeah. the thing is if you keep going on about politics I, it's very valid I can see why people do it don't get me wrong but as an artist carving your own identity if you stay on that track then for an unassuming audience you're kind of going to get forgotten aren't you yeah and like going back to David Bowie, he did stuff about you know he did songs which were quite veiled about you know school shootings, nine eleven, that kind of stuff. When he moved to America, he got more punky. He mm. did do songs about that. He did okay. one. Um, I think in the music video to Valentine's Day, he winds up doing the uh, National Rifle Association salute in the background of the video. So there's there's, there's lots of different there's si- symbolism that, yeah. and stuff. That's at yeah. least what a friend told me and she's like a David Bowie scholar so if, if that's wrong you can blame her instead but I won't tell you what her Instagram name is because I don't actually <laughs> want her to get yelled at I'd much rather take the yelling myself but um, yeah it's that kind of stuff I think like if you're going to do political material things don't change as much as people think they change I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things like inherent in the voting system that kind of convinces people that oh our guest is here Oh, okay. So we're going to put on a track and then we will be back with the lovely Izzy Sutcliffe. 